Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. It's Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe and secure. Getting your money out is super easy. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And I love building those same game parlays. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. So use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in LA. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Dial 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Saturday, everybody. Congrats on making it to the weekend. By the time you listen to this, I will actually be skiing on the slopes of Mount Humphreys in Flagstaff, Arizona. Very, very excited to get my skis on snow finally this year. Today, we're going to be hitting 
six burning questions for the second half of the NBA season. Good opportunity for us to hit on a bunch of topics on some of the better teams near the top of the league. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And then if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. And last but not least, sports around the country are really heating up to start 2023. Obviously, we just had the College Football National Championship beat down, but we also have the NFL playoffs starting this weekend. My hot take for this NFL playoff run is I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to get beat by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get absolutely destroyed the following week, but that's just me as a pessimistic Cowboys fan. But we also got basketball. We got college hoops heating up, um, and we have the NBA as we uh, head out of football season and into their next four months dominating the sports schedule. So obviously I'd like to watch all of these games, but how about we get out of the house and go see some of these games in person? I want you guys to check out Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. Game Time offers amazing last minute deals to all of your favorite NBA, NFL, NHL, and NCAA teams. And on top of that, they sell last minute concert and comedy show tickets too. So if you're in California and you want to see the Lakers or the Warriors, Game Time has you covered. If you're in Detroit and you want to go see the Pistons, Game Time has you covered. Or if you want to go see, there's this concert, I think it's in uh, July, that's up in Montana. And it's got a bunch of my favorite singer-songwriters like Zach Bryan's going to be there and Ryan Bingham's going to be there. Marcus King, one of my favorite singer-guitar players, is going to be there. Great place to get tickets for that would be Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. And enter code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, keep it real simple. I'm going to ask the question, then we'll answer them. So question number one, first burning question for the second half of the NBA season. Who will be the aggressive team at the trade deadline? There are two things in particular that I think make this question very interesting. One, the league is wide open. And for the record, these stats and uh, standings that I'm reading are recorded as of Wednesday. As those of you guys who've been listening know, I went out of town on uh, uh, Friday to go up to Flagstaff to ski. Um, So that's when I'm recording this and that's when these stats are current. Uh, But as of Wednesday, the top eight teams in the league are all separated by just four games. The Celtics, the Nuggets, the Nets, the Grizzlies, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Cavs, and the Pelicans. All just four games apart. Then the next 14 teams are all just four games apart. So the Pacers, the Mavs, the Kings, the Knicks, the Heat, the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, the Jazz, the Hawks, the Blazers, the Bulls, and the Lakers. All just four games apart. So there are 22 teams right now in the NBA that can conceivably convince themselves that they have a real chance to go on a run and end up near the top of the pile in the standings and have a chance to win this thing. So that is factor number one. Factor number two is there seems to be more available trade targets this year than I can remember in recent NBA history. There are a lot of teams that are likely to become sellers. When you're in a bunch like that of 22 teams, yeah, there are going to be teams that I think will be like, hey, we can go get this thing. Let's go after it. But I also think there will be teams that will pull out 
and try to see the opportunity to move into the lottery. Because if there's 22 teams that are relatively close to the top, that means there's only eight teams really competing for those lottery spots. And you could see some teams pull out pretty quickly. For instance, the Utah Jazz. A lot of good players there that could be had. Jordan Clarkson, a good backup ball handler. Interesting guy that I'd like to see someone like Dallas go after, for instance. Mike Conley, similar type of deal. Rudy Gay is an inexpensive wing for somebody who just needs someone who's 6'8 and can do some stuff off the bench. Malik Beasley for shooting. Go to Charlotte. There's Terry Rozier. Jalen McDaniels is floating around in trade rumors. P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre. They're a good spot if you just need a bench wing or something along those lines. Detroit is probably going to trade Boyan Bogdanovich at some point before we get to the deadline. Washington uh, Washington and Chicago in particular are two teams that a couple more losses before the deadline and you could see them trying to consider blow things up, uh, blowing things up. That's Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis potentially being available. That's Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, maybe even DeMar DeRozan being available. So there's tons of quality NBA players that could be significantly uh, significant ceiling raisers for good teams that could probably be available this year. And... 22 teams that are conceivably in range of trying to make a run at this thing. So what that means is, is I think that it's very likely that we have at least one, if not multiple teams that view this as an opportunity to push their chips in. Now, for the record, that's my favorite ideology as it pertains to roster building. And there's three reasons why. One, razor thin margins. The difference between the best team in the league and the 22nd best team in the league is smaller than it's ever been. Um, when you get into a playoff series in a seven-game series, you know a player here, a player there could be the difference between you winning and losing. When you're dealing with razor-thin margins, talent does matter. And influx of talent could be the difference between you losing in the second round or getting the trophy at the end of the day. Secondly, playoff matchup flexibility. When you get a specific player to address a need, let's say if it's a bench big for a team like Golden State, a shooting wing for a team like the Lakers, a physical wing for the team like the Miami Heat, a backup ball handler for a team like the Dallas Mavericks, all of that gives you additional flexibility in a playoff series in the chess match. It's like putting an additional piece on the board. It increases your options when you're in that setting and you need a move to counter a move that your opponent has made. And last but not least, I think a lot of teams around the league overvalue draft picks. You know, the Lakers are obsessed with their 2027 and 2029 first round pick. And the reality is, is all it really takes is one bad season or two bad seasons taking on other teams' bad contracts to recoup draft assets. And then cap space in general is worth less than ever because teams are just re-signing players because players want the financial security and then they work out deals for trades after the fact. So draft picks are just not all that important to me. If you see a two or three year window to go for it, I'm all about spending your draft picks to go for it there because then there can be a two or three year reset window where you recoup those draft assets and then that can be your cycle. I think personally, in my opinion, that's the best way to go about trying to win in the modern NBA. So I'm a big believer in pushing chips in. So one of these teams is going to say screw it and make a splashy deal at the deadline. It's just a question of who. The specific teams that I think are most likely are the Mavericks, the Lakers, and the Heat because those are all teams that have excellent high-end star power that need to fix specific personnel weaknesses, so I expect them to be aggressive. We went over those potential deals yesterday. For the Mavs, I'd be looking at someone like a Jordan Clarkson or a Terry Rozier. For the Lakers, I'd be looking at someone like Kyle Kuzma or Boyan Bogdanovich. And for the Heat, I'd be looking at someone like Jay Crowder or OG Ananobi because they need someone a little bit more uh, physical. But other teams I keep an eye on, like Brooklyn, 
It's really thin physically on the wing. Uh, perimeter size is kind of an issue for them. So what if Brooklyn got someone like Kyle Kuzma? That'd be super interesting. Um, the other team I'd be looking at is what about the Phoenix Suns? You know, what if they take uh, Chris Paul for salary filler and a bunch of draft picks with like Cam Johnson as an interesting young player and went to Washington and said, give us Bradley Beal and let's go at this with Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. I, there, there's going to be someone that gets wacky at this deadline. I'm just genuinely curious to see who it's going to be. Everyone needs to get better and that's the best way to do it within the season. All right, question number two. Can Milwaukee fix their offense? The Bucs are just four and six in their last 10 games, again, as of Wednesday. They're dead last in offensive rating over that span, scoring just 106.9 points per 100 possessions. On the season, they are just 23rd in half-court offense. So I attribute the Bucs' ha- uh, offensive struggles to three things. One, spot-up shooting. They are 19th in spot-up points per possession. Big part of that is Chris Middleton being out. Joe Ingles missing the first chunk of the season with uh, rehabbing his injury. And Drew Holiday, who's been in and out of the lineup all year long. Number two, they're not running nearly enough in transition. That's always been a huge part of the Bucs offense. Last year, um, only the Grizzlies ran more frequently than the Bucs. They ran on 19% of their possessions last year. So almost a fifth of their offense came in transition last year. This year, they're a middle-of-the-pack transition frequency team. They only run on 16.6% of their possessions, which ranks 13th in the NBA. So they're not getting out of the half court frequently enough to generate higher quality uh, offense to supplement their offense. When you're the 23rd half court offense, you've got to be looking to run more frequently than that. And then third, lastly, Giannis's perimeter shooting. Uh, Giannis has been the best rim finisher in the league this year, but he only takes about 55% of his shots at the rim. So that means that 45% of his shots are taken away from the rim. So he's taken 322 shots outside of the restricted area this year, and he's only made 86 of them. That's 26.7%. Now, as you guys know, as we've talked about Giannis, I don't think Giannis needs a reliable perimeter jump shot as it pertains to the ceiling of the team when they're all healthy. Because I think his combination of relentless rim pressure and his ability to pass the basketball is a perfectly fine counter to what he does in the paint. But when the personnel has dipped below a certain point with Chris Middleton being out, with Drew Holiday being out a lot, now it's at a crisis point and Giannis's inability to make perimeter jump shots has stopped him from being able to elevate the team anyway. Um, So I don't think it necessarily matters as far as we evaluate Giannis, but I do think his inability to knock down those shots has been part of the reason why their offense hasn't been very good within this season. Now, here's the silver lining. When Giannis is on the court with Joe Ingles, they've now played together 232 possessions, which is a decent chunk. And in those possessions, the Bucs have an offensive rating of 124, which is amazing. That's how just adding one competent spot-up player and one guy that can do some stuff off the dribble has completely reinvigorated their offense. So now add Chris Middleton to that when he gets into a rhythm, add a healthy Drew Holiday to that, it starts to get really exciting. Uh, looking at Joe Ingles real quick, uh, just he's been a legit secondary ball handler for them. Um, when Joe shoots or passes out of pick and roll this year, the Bucs have scored 67 points on 59 possessions. That's 1.14 points per possession. There are 171 players in the league that have run at least 50 pick and rolls this year, and Joe Ingles is 18th in efficiency on those plays. Um, so my answer to the question, can the Bucks fix their offense, is yes. I think 
Joe Ingles and Chris Middleton will give Giannis the help he needs to get the offense back on track. And I actually expect the Bucs to be excellent the rest of the season, and I wouldn't be surprised if they had the best record over from here towards the end of the season. All right, the third question. Can Denver fix their defense? The Bucks or the Nuggets are seventh in defense over their last 15 games, which is encouraging, but for the season, they're 22nd in defensive rating. They are dead last in transition defense, according to Cleaning the Glass, and when playing against the top 10 point differential teams in the league. So when the Nuggets play the top 10 teams in the league, they are 24th in defensive rating. That's also according to Cleaning the Glass. So my answer to can Denver fix their defense is no. I think they're capable of manufacturing a facsimile of a passable defense for stretches during the regular season just by competing really hard and by running a smart scheme. But the reality of their predicament is that their best lineup features three average to below average defensive players. And two of them in particular, Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic, really struggle guarding in space and in transition, which is a big part of why they are the worst transition team in the league. So inevitably, there's no fix for that. There's no trade for that. Those are your best players. They have to be on the court. When we get into April and May, teams are going to find a way to target them, and it's going to be a problem. The better question is, is will Denver's offense be good enough to overcome that? And right now, I'm inclined to say no, but I still view them as a contender, so I do think it's a chance that they can overcome that. But NBA history has just told us too many times that if you can't get stops, you can't win. And it's a personnel issue, but it's personnel associated with their best players. So it's not like you're about to start trading them or benching them in favor of defensive-minded players. It's just kind of a flaw in the roster construct at this point. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole-body health. 
Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. And free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Hoops. That's H O O P S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T R A F O L.com, promo code Hoops, H O O P S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Hoops. All righty, next question Does Golden State go all in at the deadline? Now, for the record, I think the Warriors are mostly fine. They have some personnel weaknesses. Uh, like I said before, I think they could use a backup big. I think they could use a backup uh, wing. But it's not anything that their core players can't overcome, and I think the vast majority of their problems are associated with effort. And all the metrics show that. You can see that in their, uh, their road-home splits, and mainly just in big games. and specific settings when they've really needed to be great, they've been great in defense and in rebounding and in all of those things that they've struggled in as they've racked up losses, particularly on the road. So I think this is just a case of really bad championship malaise, and I'm not particularly worried about it. Uh, But the question is, does Golden State go all in in terms of trades at the deadline? And it's kind of my answer is split because I believe they should, but I don't think they will. The case to push all your chips in is that the top-tier contenders are all better than last year. Milwaukee will have Chris Middleton and Joe Ingles. They did not last year. Uh, Brooklyn is a much better contender this year than um, some of the options that we had last year. And then Boston, with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon and the improvements of Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, they're better than they were last year. Now, the West is still wide open, but the challenge waiting for the Warriors in the finals is going to be very tough. And so I think making a move with the young players for a legit backup big and a legit backup wing just gives you a much better chance to succeed in those environments. And again, let's just make it, for the sake of argument, let's just make it a simple math equation. Let's say that, you know, you're, turns out that you get to the NBA Finals and you're 97% good enough to beat the Milwaukee Bucks at full strength or the Brooklyn Nets or the Boston Celtics. It'd be really unfortunate at that point that you didn't make that trade to where you have that slight edge over your opponent. Again, the idea here is razor-thin margins. And when you have razor-thin margins, pushing your chips in actually could be the difference between you losing and winning. So again, that's just always been my take. Don't like multiple timelines. Don't like planning for the future. In the NBA, quick rebuilds are possible. I would push chips in the middle. But I have a feeling that Joe Lacob is more pessimistic about this. I would imagine that he kind of views it more negatively as if like the window is closing and his players are getting old. There's been some weird quotes about There was a quote from Joe Ingles the other day that was like, yeah, we'll always have Steph, Clay, and Dre as long as they're playing at a high level, which is basically just a fancy way of saying we'll get rid of them when they're not good anymore. Um, So I I would imagine Joe Lacob kind of views the young players more as the future and less as assets. So again, I would push all my chips in, but I don't actually expect the Warriors to do so. 
All right. Are the Nets contenders or pretenders? I think this is probably one of the things that a lot of people disagree with me about. Um, I have Kevin Durant as an MVP of the league at this point if the season ended today. And I think the Nets are a top tier championship contender. I would venture to guess that about half of you probably disagree about the MVP thing. And more than half of you probably disagree as it pertains to the championship contender piece just because of all the things that have gone wrong with the Nets over the years. So I want to just point out three reasons why I believe the Nets are a bona fide top-tier championship contender. Number one is playoff execution. The Nets are third in half-court offense and second in half-court defense. So they're top three in the static half-court environment on both ends of the floor. In the static half-court environment, which is mostly what you face in the playoffs because of scouting and just better transition defense, that's where games are decided. And the Nets are great at both ends of the floor in that setting. Secondly, they are an excellent clutch team. The Nets are a league best 16-3 in games that involved clutch situations. So anytime a game was within five with five or fewer minutes left, the Nets won 16 out of 19 of them. They're outscoring teams by 28 points per, per 100 possessions in those clutch situations. Most playoff games are close, and the Nets are great at winning close games. And then three, KD is the best basketball player that I've seen this season, within this regular season, obviously, which is a different conversation. Um, I also think KD has the most to gain by winning. Uh, if you really think about what his career resume is, his only two championships are with that Warriors team. In the court of public opinion, most people view those championships as less valuable than others. By winning one in Brooklyn, it kind of changes the entire dynamic of his career resume. Now he's a three-time champ, and it adds legitimacy to what happened in Golden State because you've seen him win without Steph and the Warriors. So I just think he's extremely motivated, has a lot to gain by it. And when I really zoom out from that, they're a great half-court team. They're an excellent defensive team. They um, are excellent in late-game situations, and they have a guy that I think is playing better basketball than anybody right now. That's enough to make you a top-tier contender. They do still have flaws. They rely heavily on pull-up shooting, so when those shots don't fall, it could be problematic. See the Celtics series last year. They're also thin on the perimeter from a physicality standpoint. And so, you know, I worry about them in specific matchups against very strong teams, teams like Boston. Uh, but every team has issues. So I absolutely think that Brooklyn is a contender and a top-tier contender that has the same type of chance to win as Golden State or Boston or Milwaukee. All right, last question. Will the Boston Celtics keep their foot on the gas? So this time last year was when Boston really went on their run. As a matter of fact, if you take the last half of last year, so the last 41 games of last year, and the first half of this year, so the first 41 games of this year, they're 60-22. and 22. So they're a 60-win team over the course of their full last full season's worth of games. Uh, they've also won three playoff series during that span, and they had a 2-1 lead during the finals. So they've proven themselves over an extended stretch to be a highly capable offense and defense at every single level except for the NBA Finals. So the question, will I, will Boston keep their foot on the gas? I answer no from the standpoint of the regular season. I think they're content now to just kind of float along and every once in a while whoop someone's ass to prove they can still do it. And you can see that in their recent schedule and the way that they've played. The Celtics are just 8-7 and seven in their last 15 games, but they have massively impressive wins over that stretch. They beat the Lakers, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks, they beat the Los Angeles Clippers, they beat the Dallas Mavericks, they demoralized the Mavericks. Um, and they beat that Bulls team the other night that was playing extremely well. Uh, so I view the Celtics as more of a switch-flipping team now, which is fine 
for the record. Like, nothing could change my opinion of Boston either way. Like, they could lose 10 in a row right now, and I'd be like, they're just messing around. You know, they could win 20 in a row right now, and I'd still be like, yeah, but can they do it against the Warriors? You know what I mean? So, like, Boston to me is purely established. All of this is just dress rehearsal for the late rounds of the playoffs. And their biggest enemy is themselves and their ability to execute on the offensive end when the stakes are highest. And the only way that they can prove that is to overcome those shortcomings at the highest level in the NBA Finals. Um, I think they're the best roster in the league. I think if they do overcome that individual problem, that they will win the trophy. That's the type of talent that they have on the roster. It's right there. They just have to go do it. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. As always, I sincerely appreciate your support. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the weekend, and I will be back on Monday. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.